The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. The rugby championship has been decided and we'll be keeping the Bledisloe Cup company in New Zealand rugby's offices in Wellington and your place. The biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. A fantastic chat with Will Genia last week on any number of topics uh, and a fairly raw edition of the Incident Reaction podcast on Saturday night, if I'm honest, after the Wallabies were handed another Eden Park thumping. Uh, and thanks to all of you who got in touch um, after either or both of those episodes. You can have your say each week on the Raw. Or you can hit us up on the socials. Joining me this and every week, a man still trying to understand why perennial boy wonder Francois Stain could not deliver the rugby championship to South Africa, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How are you? How's it, Brett? Uh, <laughs> turns out that France is not really a perfect 10 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if only someone had have told you this 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love him. He's maybe, he's one of the most beloved box ever in history, yeah. but you know, fly off is not him anymore. Yeah. It was just sad, but um, no, it was actually a wonderful tournament and we want to um, get therapy now. Uh, from our therapy i mean it was actually those instant pods were grueling because it was actually very difficult i don't know how people mm. can uh, imagine this but to come up with a take you know 30 minutes yeah after the yeah. game or and, even, and even on know, even saturday night which was a few hours afterwards it was it was yeah. probably you know an hour and a half hour nearly two hours after after after, after full time yeah you're right it was there was some parts of the pod where we go, what can we actually talk about here? So, yeah, you're right. Tony, you're right. Tony's like, well, who's a stud? Who's a dud? Who's a spud? Uh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. How long you got? How long you got? <laughs> no, well, look, let's uh, let's get straight to this week's guest. Um, and it's a bit of pod history with the first three-time appearance to take in what we think will be a curious exercise to wrap up the rugby championship. The Raw Rugby Podcast. We're wired back into the pod's Melbourne studios this week and from where we welcome back to the pod, our expert rugby colleague from the Raw, author of the famed weekly The Rap column every Monday on the site, Jeff Parks. Hello, mate. Uh, Hello, boys. And it is great to be back for a third time. and Three times. Three times. No one else has done that. No. I mean, Jim Tucker's done it half a dozen times, eight or nine times, but no one's done it three times. No, no, well, no, and look, if it's good enough for for Fran Stein to kick the ball out uh, from a penalty three times, then it's good enough for me to come on here. Oh, it's something for something for Reese Hodge to aim for in his late forties, isn't it? But Harry, on Fran Fran Stein, it, it's it's good to see that his transition to you know hard running bullocking number six is going well. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a funny sight. Where I think when he got tired of of doing fly off things, and he said, "Let me just truck it up." It was very <laughs> fun to see him bounce off three fours. <laughs> this isn't the way I remember this. Oh, very good, very good. Well, Jeff, we've got you on for a very specific purpose, and that is to try and come up with between the three of us and with some form of consensus a podcast team of the rugby championship uh, and i'm not talking team of podcast guests that's a whole separate team that is ongoing and evolving but a team of the rugby championship um harry this is something that you've uh concocted um you've been championing this for for, for several 
weeks now. So how is this going to work? And how many concessions are you prepared to make in the team that you named on the side on Monday uh, to complete your running series? Yeah, so the problem with selection meetings is I think people start sharpening their minds by narrowing them, you know? Yeah, So I'm already doing that. You can imagine Gregor Townsend and Warren Gatlin debating, you know, who's our 13. And then in the process of all these consensi, they end up with the <laughs> only guy that no one would ever have picked as 13 to go to South yeah. Africa in the series. Yeah. So um, we want to want to replicate that. We want to do very um, lame brain rugby things where we, we simulate what it's like to be in that little drawing board meeting where people are doing circles and and in the end I'll, I'll give you, okay. uh, you know, I'll give you Allah Toa if you give me uh the Yacher that yeah. kind of stuff yeah <laughs> yeah right so this is going to be the this is going to be the, the way to go so this is going to be the question now Jeff who who is who are we all going to be prepared to really really argue for so that we can maybe just slide to who we actually want in another position that's that's how this is going to be isn't it no absolutely and you know there's that great old saying about uh, a committee is, um, uh, you know, horses and donkeys <laughs> and asses and camels and and all that sort of stuff. And you know, what you put in um, is one thing, and what you take out of it is uh, often something totally different. Yeah. Well, they say camels are horse designed by committee, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, one good thing about this, though, and I, I love the way Harry's put, you know, framed the selection meeting, and and I think. You know, it got me thinking about uh, the godfather of the roar, if you like, Spiro Zavos. And Spiro used to tell stories of, of uh, standing outside a committee room at Athletic Park in the, you know, in the old <laughs> Athletic Park in Wellington, where there would have been a, um, a possibles versus probables game on or a north-south game on. And the three wise men crammed into this little room and they all had pipes and they... And they just argued away. And then at some point, and Spiro was standing outside with his notebook. And at some point that emerged and someone would stand on a chair in the aftermatch function and call out the All Blacks team. So, <laughs> and, and that's how good. That's absolutely how it used to work. Did, and, um, uh, did, did White Smoke used to emanate from a chimney once they'd actually reached consensus okay. in each position? Yeah, well, you know, I think especially in Athletic Park, the place would have been uh, at grave danger of burning down. <laughs> well, I think I think we can all agree that uh, Thomas Lavanini is not the Pope. This is <laughs> no, true. This is not. true. All right. Um, look, so uh, that's sort of how it'll go. I mean, we're not yeah. uh, picking the All Blacks team, but uh, it'll no. be a bit like that. And as long I'm as so we don't have to stand on a chair, I'm not up for that. <laughs> we we. We have anticipated some controversy, so we mm. developed a methodology, which is each of us have five positions where we are the tiebreaker. So other people can make arguments, but in the end, from one to five, if it's uh, if you know if you say X and Jeff says Y, then I'm allowed to then solve that. Now, if you both said the same guy, then I guess I'm uh, constrained. And then six to ten, it's going to be Jeff's positions. Yeah, you know. Because Kiwis know six to ten really well, and then eleven to fifteen is uh, the Wallabies. Because yeah. you, know, you guys have to run around in the yeah in the back yeah. The We're just going to chuck it full of loogies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then let's let's get into it. Then let's start. With, so we're going to go through position by position. Um, we'll we'll basically break forwards and backs up across the two segments. So 
Um, all right, we're gonna we need to keep this rattling along, so let's go straight into it. So, loose head prop. Who? You, how? How are we starting off, Harry? What, what uh, you so yeah, Brett. Brett, you'll actually kick us off. Tell us your loose right. head prop, and then Jeff, and then I'll. And then um, I'll I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna open up with Ethan De Groot. I. I think. I think he's been a major factor in the New Zealand scrum becoming very, very solid by the end of the rugby championship. Uh, Jeff? That's, a good, that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah very hard to argue. Uh, Slipper, uh, I think, has had a great uh, series. Yeah. Thomas uh, Cullo showed showed plenty of signs too, um, but I think the Groot is just in front of them all. Uh, yeah, well, I would um, I acknowledge that, and uh, it's very good to acknowledge what another man thinks and, uh, <laughs> and be polite about it. Uh, but... <laughs> But I think for me, it's the, it's the big ginger. I think the big ginger uh, kits off. Um, he's the man we need to anchor the scrum at loose. Right. Well, I'm just going to write his name down because I can already hear the veto power coming in now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think kits off, to be fair, I think he did do a lot around the park. And what I actually liked about him most was in several matches, he played 70 minutes, yeah. 65, 70 minutes, which I think tells you a lot in... Um, when you have a bomb squad and all that, they don't come on very often or yeah. late. Then that tells you something. And I think he, he uh, carried really well as well. I will say that. Yeah. So really I, think, good, I think we anoint Kits off as our first player. I think we've got it. I think a really good it. point about the time. Some of the props this series, uh, this tournament played a lot of minutes. Uh, you yeah. Know, the, the days of this half a match each uh, thing that seemed to be put aside for this. Uh, so we've got Alatoa played 80 minutes in one game and 70 in at least two others, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, you know, that may well count in this favour, Brett. Could well, could well. We should pick a hooker first. And I, I mean, I think this is a two horse race between Takiaho and, uh, and Montoya. I, I don't think any of the wallabies forwards were consistent enough consistent enough to try and sing the praises um no actually i've left <laughs> I've, I've genuinely quite genuinely inadvertently left malcolm marks out of that i thought that was just completely oh man, no 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 sorry no no that was that was, that was completely inadvertent sorry <laughs> this, is, this is about the point where harry realizes he's been stitched up yeah <laughs> not the worst of it yeah uh, I, I look. I think it's a pretty it's tight. Marks and Montoya is what tightest, I'm trying to say. This is the tightest position. I think it's a really tight three horse race, and uh, I'd be happy with any of Takiyaha. I think Mon- Montoya's done a great job coming out of the shadow of Craig. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's really made the position his own. Uh, made but, a million tackles. Yeah, no, he's I, been awesome, but. Uh, Malcolm Marks, if he had a weakness, it was the throwing. I know he slipped up uh, once or twice on uh, on the weekend, but it is much improved from what it used to be, and he's just a powerhouse around the the track. So yeah. uh, it's Marks for me. These are three very so they're three excellent players. These hookers, but they're all really different, right? Yeah. Um, Montoya is the the defensive guy. I think he had um, sixty seven tackles mm. in the tournament, which is insane. Uh, and then you have um, Tokaho who carried 52 times. I don't know what hooker, you know, I, I don't know how that translates into, to, mm. you know, carry per minute, but that's got to be up there with almost number eights oh, in the tournament. So considering he's com- coming off the bench in a couple of games, to be to be averaging, you know, more than 
Like to be averaging yeah. nearly ten, yeah, basically ten tackles a game per eighty minutes, a uh, ten carries. That's that's quite quite incredible. Um, it's so actually, I think, so I think I think in truth, it's very difficult to split these two guys. I actually yeah. put them above Montoya because I think Montoya had um, some culpability for his discipline, his ill-disciplined side. Yeah. I think a captain. You look at the captain sometimes and say, "Why can you not get your guys in line?" And also, he looks like. Uh, a little bit of a puffier version of James Slipper, which is disturbs me. Yeah. Um, so I, I like the I like the look of Malcolm Marx just going on the field. He looks like an action hero in a comic book, and uh, I'm going to go with that as my tie-breaking <laughs> skill. He looks like oh, he looks Jesus. like a rugby player from you know 1955 cartoons. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right, Malcolm Marx. Tidehead, I think, is actually pretty easy. Um, and this guy absolutely carried his team scrum. And there is just no way I'm going to accept any other possibility than Alan Alalatoa. I'm just, I'm not. I'm just not. And I've said, I've said it there, Jeff. He played 80 minutes um, in the first, what is it? No, the second, the second um, South Africa game, played strong 70 minute plus in both Bledisloe's. He, was a, led the way in them coming back, even getting over the top of the All Black scrum at times. It was it was enormous. Yeah, no, I uh, I get where you're coming from, Brett. Um, you know, I wrote today about uh, Terrell Lomax. Yeah, uh, for the All Blacks and his turnaround since he was um, humiliated uh, at Leichhardt Oval early. In yeah, the true. Yeah, replaced replaced before half time, getting towed up by the Waratahs. And for him to turn that around and now be a, a powerhouse of the All Black scrum, and he was fantastic around the field with his carries, uh, it's extremely impressive. So he comes close. Mm. Um, you know, Argentina, their props, uh, I don't think, are up to the mark. Um, so then we look at South Africa. They've got a guy. He's okay. but He's all right. He's, um, he's not Al Alatoa. No, um, Al Herbert. Look, he's all right, but he's a penalty magnet. I think we Friend need of to the take pod. that into account. Um, yeah. So I think the other thing about uh, Alan is that I think every team needs somebody who's prepared to say that they're proud of the boys. Mm. And uh, and nobody <laughs> yeah. does that in rugby no. better than Alan Alatoa. Yeah. So, and and when, when Alan's in the side, the Wallabies are a hard team to verse. Yeah, they they are. No one likes versing the wallabies. Yeah, um, there you go. So that sounds so, pretty. That sounds pretty. That's that seems like consensus to me, Harry. Are yeah, you so happy with that? Backing you up on that. I mean, that does sound like something I'm not allowed to really veto. I, we don't have established mm. yeah. rules of that. If yeah. two people, yeah, yeah. And this I is, do like saying Alan Alatoa. I do yeah. think that my reckoning, the splitting between Alatoa and Malherba was the toughest. Of any of the splits, I just couldn't really mm. find mm. a difference, a point of difference. And actually, Malherba played a lot of minutes too. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I am totally, I am totally fine with Alan Alatoa being my starting Are you really? Yeah. Are you really? Will I like you the way he backed up to Etzebeth, and I think he, he clenched his fist. And I thought he did. That is a. I think if he throws that, that might actually do some damage. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Yeah. I'm gonna go with that moment. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to be happy with the fact that I now reveal that Jeff and I spoke yesterday afternoon and this was our designated <laughs> stitch-up? <laughs> the poison pill. <laughs> uh, no, we we knew that Mel Herber was going to be the pick, but we just wanted to make you work for it. 
it's fair. Let's go with Alatoa. No, I mean, no, 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 no. We, that, we'll, there will be there will be Australians in there. Don't worry. No, it is definitely Mel Herber at three. But that was that was worth making you sweat. I will say I, I am the unofficial uh, scorekeeper of France's um, penalty count. He's now sitting at a plus thirty-seven for his hasn't career. he hasn't he made you official though now. I think I'm pretty much official. I get quoted now by, by other sites and I go, guys, really, you shouldn't be quoting. <laughs> this is this is literally something I'm just writing down on paper. <laughs> I'll say Franz Malhaber was a rock. And when you say yeah. one of the greatest things that made South Africa good in this tournament was the scrum, it's kind of good to reward the front yeah. row. So let's have an all let's have an all box front row. Yeah, that's 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 a, that's all good. Um locks actually feels pretty easy to me I, I you you named terry um Elizabeth and whitelock in your team on monday and i can't really argue that i've got to say yeah i think we can make a bit of time up here uh, yeah. seeing we we are lagging uh Elizabeth and whitelock are the two standouts easy and i and that, that was somewhat surprising to me early in the season i thought whitelock looked a little bit spent but man yeah. he found something he, he did against island yeah. yeah yeah but he it's like he found a second wind uh, there, so that's so that's good. All right, so you've not wasted any vetoes. That's really going to come back to haunt you now. Really, <laughs> here really comes the Lucy. Yeah, righto. Um, so back row, Jeff. Oh, well, you better you better lead off then with for the back rowers then, Harry. Yeah. So for me, back rows was interesting. Let's go with um, blindside first. Blindside, um, yeah. You have the who did uh, was it Sumo who called Marcos Kramer an '80s action villain? Uh, yeah. Yes, he did. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who've been tackled by him that are that are thinking he's a villain because yeah. yeah, he puts a lot of hits on. I couldn't really get beyond his number of tackles. Uh, just think, as a Kramer, blind yeah. side, you're supposed to be that guy. Yeah, he didn't seem to have to want anything else but just to hit people. So yeah. I'm going to go with 80 tackle Marcos Kramer. Yeah. I can't like he was enormous. He was absolutely enormous. And it just seems to be getting better with age too. Jeff, what do you reckon? Yeah, no, hard to argue. I think you know, we should acknowledge the competition. Uh Peter Steph, uh, you yeah, know, he's an excellent player. Scott Barrett, when he went to six, uh I was think pretty effective, really, wasn't he? Really showed something, mm. but you know, he hasn't played the minutes there in that position that Kramer's done at the whole tournament. Yeah, and he's delivered the whole tournament, uh, so it's his spot. Yeah, the Wallabies chopped and changed a bit around yeah. there. Um, not so much at open side though, and I'm gonna die on the hill with Pete Samu at open side. He has by far been the most impactful open side flanker in this tournament. He's he just has. Even when he was coming off the bench the first couple of games, he was changing. He was literally changing games, and then when he started. And I and I have to admit, I wondered whether this might be a classic case of weakening a strength. When he started, despite having not really played a lot of open side at international level, he just went to new levels. He was incredible. He was absolutely incredible. I think Pete Samu could be like the pirate on the cover of a romance novel. You know, <laughs> he's got a really dashing, sort of mischievous good looks to him. Yeah. Uh, I thought Sia Khaleesi was a colossus for his team. I thought yeah. Sam Kane answered his critics gonzalez was go gonzalez was, with, was excellent as well but i, I I'm going to, with to, one more team yeah one more team well, gonzalez is my pick and you know so Jeff two, to me. but, but I, I i like one martinez gonzalez because his overall game was pretty strong he 
I think he had four line breaks and he finished all of them with a try. Yeah. He seemed to have the gas that Pete Samuel has, but he also took uh, 12 line outs and he was a 54 tackle man. So I think, you know, I think he missed one game and that was just a platoon system by Cheka. Yeah. I, I liked the body of work, we'll different, say. Different sort of impact to Samu, I would I would Very different. These four yeah. players, if you look at Khaleesi, Kane, Samu, and, and yeah, Juan they Martín are all very different. You're right. Very different. Yeah, seven. yeah, yeah. Jeff, I'm just going to write down Pete Samu. You're not going to veto that, surely. <laughs> um, you know, I, th- I think I did have a discussion with somebody about this yesterday, and I was pretty... As long as it wasn't Harry. Yeah, and it was... I was <laughs> I was pretty secure about uh, about Samu at seven, and and for the reason that even when he wasn't starting, he was still offering something off the bench, and he is excellent. Uh, and then those two matches against the All Blacks, uh, far and away Australia's best player. But you know, it's pretty hard to ignore a guy that's a try scoring machine. And uh, and I'm sure if we ran Samu did uh, score a couple. You're right. And uh, I'm sure if we <laughs> rang uh, Willie Larue and asked him for the casting vote. If he's managed to pick himself up off the ground. Good thing Spiders uh, has six more ankles. Yeah. <laughs> along, so, along came the spider and he sat down beside him. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so oh. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to come down on the side of Samu, but... But insists that uh, whoever misses out uh, makes the bench. I'm writing Gonzalez down in jersey number twenty right now. That's a good shout. He would be a wonderful uh, guy off the bench. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's easy. Um, number eight. Uh, again, I'm gonna. If Samu was the, was the best Wallaby, and he was, he wasn't too far in front of Rob Bellatini. Convince me otherwise. Well, so there's no bad pick here on number eight. I think we had no. a really good eights. Uh, Artie Savea at times looked like a one-man band when when All Blacks needed to come up because they weren't playing very well. He was yep. by far their best player. So we have to avoid what Jeff Parks uh, uses. What's say re- recentism? Avoid recentism. Uh, <laughs> Artie was so good in the first two rounds. I think um, Pablo Matera is also just kind of a machine. Yeah. Uh, it's weird for me to go with three. RG Lucy's, but I think I'm going to go there unless I pick the mustachio Jasper Visa, and I just cannot. I'm sorry. Um, so no. I don't know. Valentini was really good, but I think he tailed off a little bit at the very, very end. But that could be also recentism in disguise. So I, I, I'll go Pablo Matera. He's got very close eyes, but I think is it allows him to focus. He has no peripheral vision. You know. <laughs> All right, I'm just making a note of that because that that is swaying me a little bit. The eyes, uh, I think he's uh, he's a clear third pick, actually, Harry, um, and a very worthy third pick. Um, uh, I think Valentini, uh, yeah, he did tail off a wee bit. He's been excellent, very consistent with the ball, and he's a presence. With, uh, in in fairness, he played blindside the last game. So can you can you claim that yeah. tail, tailing off at number eight? Well, yeah, but that's part of part of the dilemma, isn't it? We have to pick a guy for the position. And, uh, uh, just trying to get that that performance out of your minds. Yeah, and if Harry Wilson's sort of <laughs> taken a spot at eight, well, that's you know, that's, so be it. <laughs> Not um, a friend of the, so, friend of the pod. Uh, Look, I think when it was the biggest match of the tournament, 
if, if we look at the whole uh, six matches that everybody played, the big match was at Johannesburg. And that was Ian Foster's job on the line. It was already gone. And Artie saved Ian Foster. And uh, I think that was momentous. Uh, he, he, he even took time out to have the birth of a child. So he ticks all those, um, those new age boxes as well. And then he came back and he was really solid. <laughs> He's the human rights activist with leg drive. So, uh, you, so you're going to play your veto card and you're going to pay, you're going to, you're going to just appeal to, the, look, to I, all, I, all I, the mothers out there in our listenership. Yeah, well, partly. But I don't think anyone gets in trouble picking Artie Severe on the side, right? And, uh, and, I do right. Have a, and I do have a wee bit of hesitation about having two wallabies in the back row. Uh, you know, given that the Wallabies have struggled a bit. This, I, uh, this I don't, simply because I'm not sure how many more there'll be anywhere else. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get, we'll get to that. Anyway, um, we've got to be tough here. This is a tough gig. It's why we yeah. get paid the big bucks. Yeah, and, do we? Uh, do we? And, do we? Uh, well, Harry and I do. So, you both getting paid. Uh, yeah, you might need to speak to the boss, mate. I will. Uh, so it's Artie, so, Artie's in. Artie Savia with a veto card. Our loose trio, no one's pilfering. We have a no pilfer loose trio. I just want to say that. No, Kremer is pretty strong over the ball, and and so is Samu. But he picks his moments maybe yeah. better than and, better and than so anyone. does Severe. Severe picks yeah. his moment, particularly yeah. uh, particularly in in the defensive twenty two. All three, all three of them, Kremer, Samu, Samu, and Savia, have all played open side at different points. So they're all. They're well, we have marks. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We have marks. Yeah, so. yeah. We have Mel Herber. Yeah, in fact, it, <laughs> it's a very good point, Harry. We're going to end up with too many guys shouldering each other out of the way to yeah, yeah. The pick, the pick yeah. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Get, <laughs> get too, many, too many blokes pinged at the ruck for being the third man in on the ball. <laughs> Rugby on the raw. So scrum half. Scrummer, this is going to be an interesting one because Hendricks have played. He started three games. Why? I think he's not. Uh, he came on he's... when Faf knocked himself out in the first minute. Yeah. Oh, I true. Think he's yeah. Played, I, I think he played five, but the one game he didn't play in was in Adelaide. So yeah, true. that's a really big thing in his favor. You could, the box looked really different. <laughs> now. Yeah, true, true. So he was he was quite good. White was one of the Wallabies best throughout, even with his impact coming off the bench in the Bledisloe games. Um, Aaron Smith, I, Aaron Smith was perfectly fine through the rugby championship, but I, I don't think he had his best series. I don't think he stood out in the way that Aaron Smith normally does. Um, but Bertrand really surprised me for, for Argentina, we like it's not that he, not that I didn't know he was a good player, but we've not seen a lot of him at international yeah. level, and he, he, he looked was also, like he belonged. Remember, he was on he was on our one of our four players. We talked about Marcelo yes. Bosch, we had yeah, Ballas, we had yeah, Bachino, and uh, he he really looked like um, he was um, channeling Cheka's thoughts. I mean, I think you have a coach on the field. I think he drove the tempo. I like Hendrickson because um, I like the way he wears his jersey. It's loose, <clears throat> very old school. When he dummies, he dummies it's with not everything. Tucked in, though. Yeah, he just kind of looks he sloppy. Could tuck it in. He, 
he's a, he's a big guy too. I think you pointed that out. He's kind of a yeah. He's, a six he's quite quarter. tall. Yeah. 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 He, he, when he dummies, he dummies with his entire body. It's almost <laughs> you have to buy that dummy. It it looks like, yeah. of course, for all the world. Uh, I think Aaron Smith suffers sometimes because he's so good that you're looking for uh, superlative and you miss the the meat and potatoes of Aaron Smith, which is that yeah. rope, you know, to the third channel. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I went with um, with Jaden just because I thought he was actually the most valuable player for the box this season. Yeah. I I have to admit I've I've not really separated any of those four names that I threw up there. So Jeff, that doesn't help you at all. <laughs> Uh, no, and I've ended up with a couple of curly ones here to veto uh, in terms of uh, the loose forwards and the halfback. So it is mm. a toughie. I think Smith gets judged by his own standards, and uh, and I'm not sure that he's met his own standards, but he hasn't been poor by any no 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 any no. Stretch. He's been um, fine. He's he's been he's been fine. Yeah, but uh, I I think if know. we were to picnic white. Uh, you know, you'd see a big drop off in the South African. Uh, if we uh, pick Nick White, I will put my headphones down and walk away and just let you guys pick the rest of the team. I will happily concede Nick White, and that'll be we it. can that'll be the we can pick him. For, we can pick him for the soccer team of the year. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I mean. It's not going to go down well in the Republic. Um, so that leaves us with two. Uh, on one hand, we've got your sort of typical South African box kick merchant. Uh, in, in <laughs> and, I, love, uh, I love the idea of an old halfback criticizing his current scrum half because he's just an old box kick merchant. <laughs> uh, to Hendrix's credit, uh, he that try uh, against the Pumas in the first match that he scored under the post, he took it really well. Uh, Harry's talking about the dummy, uh, it was beautiful, it was a lovely piece of work. Uh, so he gets a huge, huge tick for that, but. You know, in my team, I don't want to. I don't want to go on my team that's just tickling the ball around and putting it up in the air. Um, you know, it's, we. I'm not sure that's a game we want to play. Um, so Bertrand, already written uh, Bertrand down. Uh, I, th I think he's in. Uh, and look, he's had a great tournament. Uh, he he looked a little bit tired towards the end of the game uh, before Kubeli came on on the weekend, but he's been uh, he's been outstanding. He's a skillful player. And I'm happy to, with due apology to Hendricks, uh, uh, who gets a spot on the bench, um, I'm happy to have Bertrand. Right. Well, like That's what fair. I like about this selection committee meeting is that we're actually forming our game style on the fly, like at home. <laughs> <laughs> We've now learned that we're going to do sniping. Uh, from yeah. Yeah. yeah, and not box, not box kicking at all. Yeah. Uh, righto. So nine is actually, uh, uh, nine I'm a little bit surprised about, I must admit. Yeah. I thought there was going to be more argument around Hendrixer, so there you go. Um, I've already written down my winger at fly half. I can't see how that goes any other way. I mean, Foley had a good game. No, in, in my section of fly off, I don't have anyone listed besides Moenga. <laughs> I mean, everyone else just like, well, for the box, there was never really a settled, there was three uh, different, yeah. maybe four, as well he played. So you did. Yeah. If Australia and the South Africa had had, a constant mm. 10, you know, you look at a different result in the yeah. Champions League. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to split, how we're going to split uh, Spiders, LaRue and Fran Stone on the bench here, but that's another, <laughs> that's a later argument. Uh, so Mwanga at 10 seems, I mean, it was I, very I, good. I, I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing how you're going to veto this, Jeff. Uh, no, no veto there. And okay. the interesting thing is the, 
you know, we still have this argument in uh, Rages in New Zealand about Moanga versus Barrett. I don't, and, th I don't uh, think that debate's over. Right argument's over. No, no. Well, it depends who you speak to. But yeah. um, no, look, it is over. Just and, shout uh, out to, uh, to Jacko on the site, by the way. He, uh, he, he knows how to control a game. Mm, uh, certainly. He, he plays with beautiful balance. Uh, he injects pace into the game. He's, you know, he struggles like any 10 if the pack's being uh, uh, going backwards or being bettered, but mm -hmm. uh, he's clearly the standout. Team. Yep, he's easily. Yep. Righto, easy. Um, so back five, righto. I'm in charge here now. There's going to be some changes. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in, uh, in the okay. speakers. Yep. Right left wing. Oh, left wing. So we're yep. straight out to the wing. Oh, yeah. 11, 11. Okay. That, that's how Aussies think, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you two have noticed this, but we've so far gone through sequentially. So I just figured that we'd keep doing that. <laughs> uh, well, it's, I'll, I'll jump in there as well. Uh, I think the left wing uh, for me, uh, Caleb Clark has claims, uh, but it has to be Marika, and you know it's not just the tackle. Uh, it's he's a one man wrecking ball, but he's uh, his attitude to the game's outstanding. It's mainly and, the tackle. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> if, if I mean the tackle was very good, it was it wasn't bad, yeah. and, uh, and if, if a guy deserves to make a team on one tackle, it's Marika. Yeah, so I think this area we have maybe the this was not the best performances. The left wing, everyone has something wrong with their game. I think Marika yeah. sometimes has lapses. I do agree his shoulder charge was very good and effective, <laughs> but. <laughs> The... Oh, I'm sorry, mate. You appear to be going through a tunnel. <laughs> attack. On attack, he gets isolated sometimes, and on attack, sometimes he looks like he just does. He's, he just gets disconnected from yeah. uh, the, the the phase of the play. Yeah, I think the same can be said for Caleb Clark on defense. I think it's almost yeah. like Marika's got some problems on offense linking, and Caleb Clark is curiously bad on defense for a guy who looks like he can just murder a truck. For a guy and, who uh, likes contact in, in, in with the ball in hand, yeah, yeah. So it's difficult. Which which wing is Buffelli? Is it left wing or right wing? No, That's he's right. Buffelli's right. right. Wing. I, this is a. I think Corabetti probably over the course of the tournament was was good. I had Caleb Clark because of his ability to break the line, um, and he, I mean he's a carry horse too. Clark Caleb had uh, forty nine carries. That's an astonishing amount for a wing. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Corombetti there. Look, I actually think that left wing comes down to to Corombetti and, and Mapimpi. And as much as that one tackle shouldn't shouldn't influence six games worth of data, it probably comes down to that. If Mapimpi actually halt, takes that con that contact and scores that try in Adelaide, it's a whole different conversation. Yeah, um, and it's, about, it's about that game, about the series not being not being or being as tight as it was. Everything would have changed if if that if that tackle had have op had finished differently. Yeah, he should have scored because you know Reese Hodge yeah. looked like he was not not interested in doing anything but cradling him, and mm. that uh, shoulder charge was actually easy to beat if he just comes under it. He had the and, straightest um, line to the line. He he had a straight the, line there. The next week he had the same setup and he did the right thing. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you have to you have to yeah. say that. That was bad play. And All also, right. I think Corbetti does show the energy you love yeah. uh, uh, the team. Yeah. He's, 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 a, he's a genuine, genuine world-class winger. There's no no doubt about that. Um, so on to, on, to, on to 12, on inside centre. This will be interesting, this one. 
Yeah, my only I mean, worry about uh, Damien Dialende is, you know, he, I think he'd be psychologically scarred after playing outside Franz Stein on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm just not sure what state of mind he'll be in to when we bring the team together. But assuming that he's okay, uh, I think uh, he makes the grade. Geordie Barrett was outstanding, but he's only had the one game there. Uh, so... Uh, it's it's Dialande by a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, he had a lot of burden. I mean, I think he had well over four hundred and forty minutes in the tournament. He had to make all the ruck targets. He didn't have any help, so it's always those violent meters in close yeah. contact. And I think he beat seventeen defenders. And a lot of times, it looked like he shrugged off the first guy just with ease. And that's what you want. That's what yeah. uh, Jordy Barrett did actually. Jordy Barrett did for one <clears throat> game what Damien did for six. Yeah, uh, yeah. Damien's the best shrugger in the game. I, I don't think there's a better shrugger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's there's there's actually there's actually a bit of cl- like a, a, a bit of technique to it. So I, I think you're right. I'll give. I want to give. Um, I'm not going to. St- I'm not going to put him in the team. It's, it is going to be Dillende, D- but I, I need to give Lalakai Fuketi a, a bit of a shout out here because I've not been his biggest fan. Um, I've been quite critical of him in the past, but this year. And particularly these last couple of games that he started at 12 until unfortunately he went off 20 minutes in there on Saturday night, actually looked like he could be genuinely be an international 12. He's got a bit of size about him. He's got a bit of ball playing about him. His defense is pretty good. I, I saw more improvement, I think, in Lalakai Fouquetti this year than I've seen from him. And I've been, I've, I remember when he first came on the scene at NRC in 2014, and I didn't quite pick up the hype then and it's taken me a little while now so anyway that's a little aside mention so uh outside center feels like it's going to be easier oh yeah i'll speak up here um tony balls our beloved boss just informed me that rieko rieko is spelled r-e-r-i-e-k-o and i've been spelling it r-e-i-k-o for uh years now is that and right? so um i'm gonna apologize yeah it's i before e except up to c yeah, and um, so Rico was a revelation because I don't think he's still actually a proper 13. When you compare yeah. him to, say, Bacanio Arm, who got injured, unfortunately, so cannot be considered for this team, I think. Um, Rico just, he, he recovers with his speed. Yeah. He recovers with his speed. And he also has this uh, immediate ability to ignite. I, it's hard to describe yeah. almost. I don't know who's the fastest <laughs> over there. 50 meters but on the so, first meter it's I used to say him. I used to say this with Bowden Barrett that that I didn't think that there was anyone faster over 20 meters in international rugby but Rico might actually now have him he, he, yeah, and, that's, just, and that's a shout he just has stone hands a little bit yeah. um but I think he can actually he can get softer on that and some of his passes are not very sympathetic okay. but just yeah, hard to keep him out. Right. Okay. So Rico, you want to use outside center. Um, right wing. We've talked about um Boffelli, but I'm pretty sure I know where this is going. Uh I'm not. Uh I I think Boffelli's a uh, a live chance, uh, you know, particularly with his kicking. And I know we've got uh Richie in there and potentially we're gonna have a kicker at fullback as well, but uh, nobody kicks better than Buffelli, uh, although, gee, he does take a long time about it, doesn't he? <laughs> and, you know, that's 
That's yeah. not good. At the risk uh, anyway, of at the risk of uh, going all French on him. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, he, he, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when they do bring a time clock on that uh, that affects him. Uh, look, Will Jordan had a slow start. Uh, you know, the All Blacks were struggling. He wasn't getting a lot of ball coming his way, uh, but he certainly <coughs> strongly. Uh, in Melbourne, although he did drop off that tackle uh, when Pete Samu scored down the left side. Uh, but he was influential again on Saturday night. And, you know, at the risk of uh, falling victim to recency bias uh, that Harry was talking about before, uh, I think I'd sneak Jordan in there. I was going to go with Jordan, but now you took away my Hendrick set. So I'm going to go with Keenan Moody. Oh. I think. Kaden Moody is 20 years old and Hendrickson was 22. So I'm going with the youth movement. We need some youth on our team. Um, I'm just picking this solely on the matter of demographics. And uh, Kaden <laughs> Moody, uh, Moody took a Hendrickson kick. So I'm getting Hendrickson back, backdoored in. And that moment ignited the crowd in Sydney. Well, actually me and the guy in front of me. Um, and, and several several people uh, behind me left. They just left. They said, "Okay, we're done." Kane and Moody yeah. for me. Left left field. I know. Yeah, no, very left field. Um, so Look, I, far, I, I'd, I'd put Moody in the development team along with Fichetti. Uh He's yeah. clearly a talent, yeah. and uh, he's going places. Uh, no doubt about that. But yeah, I think it's uh, it's a wee bit too soon for him in this. Yeah, team. no, it's Jordan. <laughs> that's that's simple. I liked I liked uh, Jim Tucker's line in the instant reaction. Our, our Jordan's better than our your Jordan's Jordan. better than your Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting to see that line get used a few places elsewhere across the weekend afterwards too. Uh, fullback Harry, oh, this feels easy as well. Yeah. So Jordy Barrett, Hodge. Jordy Barrett uh, shaved his head, and I think it just cleared his brain. I think he had some kind of raccoonitis <laughs> affecting his brain before. Are you suggesting just, that the, rac- the raccoon was a bit heavy? He just clearly became the best Barrett. You know, we've yeah. always wondered, this family feud has always been the most fascinating thing. I mean, how can you have three brothers in a professional elite sports team? It doesn't make sense. But um, with, a shout out, with a had, shout out to Kane's forgotten career at the Blues. He, <laughs> he has eclipsed um, both of, the, of his brothers. I mean, he looks like... He's got that confidence. I don't think he has top-end speed. I think he still knows how to score. Even that final try that he won, that that won the game in Melbourne, I think it looks easy because of his size and his yeah. sort of instinct. But it wasn't that easy. That could easily have been no. stopped, actually. Certainly. Um, Jeff, he's Jeff. such a reliable goal kicker as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, the interesting thing about uh, if we put Geordie Barrett at fullback, we could be selecting a guy who never plays fullback ever again. I was just—I was actually about to say this. I, I, I do—I do yeah. think his days at fullback are numbered, and it might be—he might still play fit fullback for the next twelve months. But I think after that, he well, very clearly so goes forward. That's an interesting point because all of our fifteens are very um, versatile players. Mm. Like I think Damian Willemsa had one of the best tournaments until injury. He beat uh, defenders at will, but you could—you could look at him as 10, 12, yeah, or fifteen. You can look at Jordy yeah. as twelve or fifteen or a wing. He was a yeah. wing last year, I think. And then Malia or Argentina yeah. is actually not really a fullback. And yeah. who else? Larue for South Africa. 
Larusa, these are utility backs. These are yeah. old-fashioned utility backs. You can very old-fashioned in spiders' yeah. case. Yeah, I, look, I don't think we can have a guy that sits down on the job like that. So we should not put <laughs> that one on the head now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but, it's, uh, it's it's going to be, it's going to be it is going to be Geordie Barrett, but um, but I do like yeah, the, I, I, do I, like I agree. At, I do like Valencia at player twenty three. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we discussed whether we're a six two bench or a five three, but if you're no, we don't discuss. Really it, want, it'll be it'll be five three. Okay, five three was six two. Still, I think, Come on. I think, I don't think Willemsa is a guy that you want on a bench because he can slot into every single position, yeah. including nine, actually. Yeah, yeah. So we've actually no, we've actually got a 15 here, and we actually don't have that many spots on the bench to fill when you think about it because yeah. I think we're pretty happy with De Groot and, uh, and Al Alatoa as our bench props. We just need to, to to toss up between Montoya and Takiaho. Amasoni for me. Yeah, Samasoni for me. Okay, yeah. we don't need to to toss that up anymore then. That's easy. Tucky, oh, who it is. Who's our bench lock? I would probably go with Lourdes because he's a line-out banker and he's a classic lock. He carries hard. He gets the gain line. I think Lavanini was actually quite good, but Lavanini's yeah. his cards kill me. Yeah. Lavanini strikes me as having a bit, better, a bit better impact off the bench. The, the thing about Lavanini, the last two matches, uh, both both of them, the whistle's gone. The refs looked around for the Pumas captain to make a point about something. And Lavanini has offered himself to the referee waiting for the lecture and the card to come out of the pocket. <laughs> He's on, accepted his fate. The, the, yeah, desi on, the designated on, sacrifice. On both occasions, it was nothing to do with him. Yeah. But it, but it, it just shows so what's going on in the guy's head, right? So, so, does, so does honesty maybe to the point of over-honesty? Does that get him? <laughs> is, that, is that what we're saying? He gets the nod on that? No. Uh, look, uh, for me, I, I think, you know, with a 5-3 bench, I'd be happy with either Peter Steph Detoy or Scott Barrett in that sort of lock position. That's not a bad uh, shout. That's not I a bad shout. You. It's nearly got to be uh, Scott Barrett when you say it like that. Yeah, exactly. And Scott Barrett was excellent early yeah. in, the, uh, in the tournament. And then he gives that bit of extra six cover, but he really is a lock. And yeah. uh, and I think, you know, Lude, uh, Lavanini, whatever, uh, Barrett's a better option than them. Yeah. However, I, I, have to I, agree still with that. Hold, I still hold the veto on one to five. And even though Jeff's trying to do a six kind of Not, hybrid here. One, when, I, I when, think, I, uh, when, I, when I went to school, 19 wasn't between one and five. No, we're done with five, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's still, the tight, still the tight forwards. I've already but written I, down Scott Barrett for the record. Oh, you, oh, I cannot believe Scott Barrett's going to make it in front of Franco Mostert. Uh, no, Scott Barrett's gone up a level this year and uh, his, his discipline's been a lot better. And uh, and even though he's not the best Barrett brother, that's still a pretty good... <laughs> he's, he's putting up a decent fight for second best. Um, so then as back row cover, I've penciled in Gonzalez, but the only other argument that I think that is valid there is actually Matera. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Because Matera's got more versatility. Yeah. That's true. And Matera did have the classic 60 carry, 60 tackle uh, tournament, which is bizarre. 
that shows that he's, you know, that's the most involved you can possibly be as a loose forward. All right. He's in. Pablo. Pablo I, I, I think we've dug a hole there because we've put Samu in. So Samu's the ideal bench guy, but if we're starting yeah. Then really yeah. we need a like for like. So yeah. the next closest is Matera. And he can genuinely yeah. play six, seven, eight anyway. Yeah. Um, so we've gone, we went Bertrano on the bench. Uh, sorry, we went bench Bertrano starting. It feels like it's it feels like it's White or Hendrickser. I think if it's not Hendrickser, Harry's about to uh, log off. So we better make I like, it. I like how he says. Obviously, 30, just wait for Hendrix. <laughs> 30, 37 episodes, and all I needed to do to get him to log off was this. <laughs> Dana. Right. Hendrix, uh, which just leaves then. It just leaves 22. Uh, well, have we, have we got Willems uh, at 23? Yeah, I have. I've, I've, written, I've written him down already because I think that's a good shout. Yeah, no. Uh, I guess, really... Okay, so I guess I guess the question is, do you play, play Williams uh, in 22? And go to someone like Boff we gotta Deli. have a six-two bench. We do a six-two get... bench. We throw we throw Lewitt in a Lewitt the Yager. Nah, uh, you know, nah. You're, not, you're not getting an extra lock. You're and not just getting an extra lock. Hendrickson and Willemsen, the two sets. No. Nah. Yeah, look, I, I see nah. where Harry's coming from, right? You yeah, but I'm knocking by, it on the head still. You got to win by 39 points. So let's load the team up with all these big slows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, so I'll just write down France Stein at 22 then, shall I? <laughs> uh, no, look, um, I, I think Willems is the, the versatile guy, so he can play anywhere from 10 to 15. Um, and then that allows us the luxury of, of picking a fast guy on the on the edges, right? Yeah. So so that's then maybe uh, Clark or Clark. Buffelli. Yeah. Or, you know, the Cebu Reese type. Of, I'm not saying it's him, but that type of selection on the wing. I don't I don't mind the Buffelli shot. Oh, look, he's he's he deserves a spot, really. I think he does too. Another, another goal kicker too, yeah. Yeah. Well, but so is Willemser, so is Mawanga. Uh, I'm mm, sure Birchino is as well. <laughs> uh, I'm happy with Buffelli if we want right. to. Uh, we want I think to, we've got it. I think we've got it. We've got it. We've got a team named. We've got a clock still ticking away madly. We just need to come up with a coach. And I think this is Checker. actually pretty easy. It's Checker. Checker for me because uh, before the tournament started, no one picked it, picked Argentina yep. to beat New Zealand in New Zealand or to beat Australia so well. Uh, so I think he out, he got his players to play a little better than they looked on paper. Uh, and I think, um, yep. you know, for all his comeback, Foster and Minab are both had a little more to work with and maybe yeah. dropped, dropped a game they should have won. Yeah. And then uh, I think... Rennie, I think Rennie's too Rennie, up and down. Rennie, you know, it's hard to grade him right now. Yeah. Because of injuries, Check, but still, yeah. Checker trended up through the tournament, even with losses. I think he's still he's still trending up. So I, I think, Jeff, that's... Unless you're yeah, going to make a very I, good case for someone else. Yeah, no, look, I think the only thing you might get from New Zealand uh, listeners is that the coach of the tournament is Jason Ryan. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, you know, and I We're, think that's pretty strong. I don't, I don't think we've got, we haven't got time for a, for best uh, for assistant forwards coach. We, no, we probably haven't, haven't uh, no, we probably it. haven't got time for the you know best redheaded Queensland referee either. Well, I was just wondering um, that. You know, it'd be great uh, if we did have a few minutes to to review every one of Damon Murphy's thirty nine penalties <laughs> in the weekend. <laughs> 
And, you know, the funny thing about Damon is that I'm sure he's sitting around today reviewing the match on video thinking, God damn it, I missed it. Yeah, 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 probably right. So then, without further ado, the Raw Rugby Podcast team of the Rugby Championship is, from 1 to 15, Stephen Kitschoff, Malcolm Marks, Franz Malherbe at the front row, Ibn Etzebeth, Sam Whitelock, The Locks, uh, Mar- uh, Marcus Crema, Pete Samu, Julian Savi at the back row, uh, Bertrand and Mawanga, The Halves, Rick and Corabetti, Damien Delende, Rico Ioane, Will Jordan, the, the three-quarter line, and Geordie Barrett is the fullback. <clears throat> on the bench, we have Sami Sony Takioho, Ethan De Groot, Alan Alatoa, Scott Barrett, the lock cover, Pablo Mateta, Jordan... Sorry, what now? Controversial. Scott Barrett. <laughs> Not that, really. Uh, Jaden Hendrickson, Damien Willemser, Emilio Buffelli, the 23. Coach, I do want to say that I, I do say that Julian Savia did have a very good season, but I don't think he made our team. You, 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 you'll, you'll see when you look, listen back to this, Brett, that you said Julian instead of Artie. Yeah, right. No, Julian Savier definitely did not make it. No, uh, definitely Artie Savier. Sorry. Uh, one, thing Artie Savier. Is, one thing we haven't done is pick a captain. And, oh, uh, good ooh. shout. And I am nominating a guy who's not even captain of his team, and that is Sam Whitelock. The done. Easy. Great. Great captain. Yeah. Yeah. Of, the, of that team, if it's not Whitelock, it's maybe Marks. And then you have... you. You have when when Whitelock goes off. I think you have a number of people who could step up. Yeah, well, so, then you've got you've got Scott Barrett, you've got Pablo Mateo, you've got Alatoa, who's probably yeah, the voice. Alatoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Whitelock's a good shout. Jeff, it's been real. It's been fun. Um, we have actually got through this is as long as this has taken. We have got through this a lot quicker than I thought we would. So um, um, thanks for being part of this, Harry. Are you happy with how this has worked out? That's actually That's, a very good team. Sometimes you pick teams. I picked one, obviously, already, and yeah. it, you just you just go in individuals. But this team actually could play pretty well. I think. Yeah. I think this is a good team. Hard to beat. I'll I'll, le- I'll leave it up to you to get the uh, to get the graphics department um, together and, and and put that out or or picture like and all that. Um, Jeff, thanks very much for joining us for this week. This has been good. Uh, no, it's been a pleasure and a lot of fun. I'd love to see this team play against a Six Nations team. Mm. Uh, I think it would be it would be fantastic. It's not going to happen, uh, but you know we can we can dream about it and and laugh about it. And no, it's been great. Uh, thanks for having us on. The roar. Uh, Harry, fantastic to have Jeff on to uh, to pick the the team of the tournament. That actually went went surprisingly well. I, I will say that again. Um, a couple of little news items to uh to wrap this all up the full match schedule for to the 2023 super rugby pacific tournament was launched on sunday it opens on february 2024 uh, with the crusaders and chiefs in christchurch followed by new south wales and the act brumbies up at the new sydney football stadium the super round will be in melbourne again on the first weekend of march for round two the fijian mm-hmm. and drawer will play six home games in fiji including uh, hosting Moana Pacifica in round 14. Um, they will play a historic first home game in Arpia as well um, against the Queensland Reds in round eight. 15 rounds in all, three weeks of finals, concludes with the final on Saturday, June 24. 
34-man Australia A squad was named last week and left for Japan on Monday. It included uh, Wallaby squad members Suliasi Vunivalu, Nick Frost, and Caden Neville and Darcy Swain, sort of. Uh, both Ben Donaldson and Tane Edmund are there, and it's a welcome return from injury as well for Tom Banks and Ned Hannigan. Interestingly, no Harry Wilson and Tate McDermott, as uh, we discussed last week with Will Genia. The first match against the Japanese 15 is in Tokyo on Saturday. Premiership rugby over in England have reportedly had initial discussions about turning to Wales to fill potential vacancies that will almost certainly be left if the Worcester Warriors and Wasps go to the wall. And and as we record this, I know that it looks like the end is very nigh for Worcester. It looks like they've missed a fairly significant deadline, which could um, which could, well, which Worcester, could make well, things... Worcester... Yeah, what Worcester should do is just jack up the prices of Worcestershire sauce at the stadiums <laughs> to the levels that they World, had in Sydney. Worldwide, worldwide royalties. Yeah, yeah, three, $3 for, for a sachet. That'll fix a lot of problems. Um, and to finish, um, as hinted by a friend of the pod, Rian Lowe, over the weekend, Nike and South African rugby have agreed to a new six-year deal to include the 23 and 27 Rugby World Cups, which will see Nike succeed current partner ASICS, um, whose contract comes up at the end of this year. It takes effect in July 23. That's the second time that the arrangement has been in place. Nike was the team's apparel sponsor between 1996 and 2003. Um, so I'll leave you on the hunt for all discarded Asics Springbok gear for us, mate. We'll pod the hell out of that next season if you can get your hands on it. Yeah, I heard that Vili LaRue is going to change his name to Swoosh LaRue instead of Spider. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that gets over the line. It won't. Uh, but that is episode 37 of the Raw Rugby Podcast, done and gone. Don't forget Harry and I are both on the socials and don't forget to drop us a line on the Raw when the new episode page lands. The Thursday 2-Up is back this week with our own players of the tournament and we'll be back next week with what we hope is a really special chat ahead of the opening games of the Women's Rugby World Cup in New Zealand. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe on your pod platform of choice and ensure every new episode drops into your notifications as soon as it's live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis, opinions and conversations. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Come play with us.